Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Oh my God, Gavin, you are the Jar Jar Binks of this podcast. Ass. The following podcast contains... Profanity, food jokes, and tired comedy references. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you actually thought the guys running 8chan were clued into some great world-shaking prophecy, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is episode number 297. I've got friends in Q places where we welcome the believers in QAnon back to reality. Stay tuned. The What the Hell You Thinking podcast is brought to you by R-Anon, the conspiracy theory that is one letter better. Now that the storm has failed to come and the mass arrest didn't happen, you're probably looking for something someone new to believe in. Meet R-Anon. R doesn't have any satanic pedophiles, but he does have hugs. That's right, no more late nights parsing through ambiguous posts on disreputable websites, no more bans from social media, just hugs, hot cocoa, and a nice soft blanket to wrap yourself in while R whispers in your ear, Until you gently fall asleep. R and on, Q let you down, made your family consider committing you to a mental asylum. R will bring you back. Act now and get 20% off our plush dolls or warm Bernie Sanders mittens by entering the promo code QSCREWEDME at checkout. Isn't it true? Dog dick. If you see this, please save us. (laughs) I don't even see our American flag anymore. Biden's talking with some kind of crazy flag. This is America. This is our land. Please, President. Dog dick. Please, please. I hope you have a plan. God, please save us. Save us from the devil, please. Y'all are about to have a panic attack. <laughs> this is our country. Our country. This is awful. God, please save us, please. Faith is a funny thing. Just the strange shit people believe. Like take Christmas 1979, for example. I believed with all my heart that my parents would get the Kenner Millennium Falcon for me for Christmas. Now, my folks knew my heart was set on that toy, and it was the only thing I wanted for Christmas that year. Please, Mom, please. But my mom told me, not unkindly, that it was never going to happen. You see, the Falcon retailed for $29.99, money, and that's over 100 bucks in today's money, and we flat didn't have that kind of money. Now... I was too old to believe in Santa Claus by then, of course, but... Desperate times call for desperate measures. 
So I decided that Santa would come through for me because that's the kind of thing Santa does. Come Christmas morning, I searched for that big-ass box high and low because I knew it would be there containing that legendary Corellian light freighter. And you know what I found? Chris Kringle had fucked me. Santa won't help me. Santa hates me. And I didn't get no Millennium Falcon because there was no Santa and cold, hard reality is gonna win out over even the most fervent beliefs of children and fools. Now, I won't say I was devastated. Again, I was old enough to know that Santa Claus was really my parents, and I was also old enough to know that this particular year had been really rough on the family. My dad had been working a series of construction jobs. We were living in a housing project, and just putting food on the table was a real challenge. So $100 toys were always impossible. Hey, sorry, dude. Oh, it was cool. I mean... I did get some Star Wars action figures, and they were awesome. Not Millennium Falcon awesome, but still pretty cool. I did learn something that year, though. I learned that wishing something would happen is a long way from that thing happening. I think every kid goes through that in their lifetime. Sure, sometimes your mom and dad pull a miracle and you get your unattainable gift like a Red Rider BB gun, but most of the time, they don't. This is getting sad. Yeah, but not nearly as sad as thousands of grown-ass adults crying because their innocent internet fantasy didn't happen. That is really fucking sad. Over the past few years, we've talked a fair bit about QAnon, watching it grow from a silly into very silly and then blossom into something pretty damn terrifying. Well, it sounds like he's hitting puberty. To give you a quick recap, some random dudes on a website, 8chan, previously known for tentacle porn and crudely drawn anti-Semitic memes, decided they were going to pretend to be super secret moles inside the government. Oh, and by the way, quick programming note, while I'm discussing this, I'm committed never to mention the name of a certain someone ever again on this show, so we will only reference that person as the following. Red glistening dog dick. Anyway, these dudes began writing an anonymous post on how Dog Dick was secretly fighting a war against the deep state consisting of, let's see, let me check my notes here, his uh, own personally appointed government officials. They gave themselves the moniker Q, alluding to an actual government security clearance from the Department of Energy. Q clearance is a Department of Energy designation for people with, highly, with access to highly classified materials pertaining to the construction and capabilities of nuclear weapons. It has nothing to do with the CIA, the NSA, the DOD, or even the Junior Chamber of Commerce. It's a highly compartmentalized top security clearance, and that's all. Sounds really cool to have top security clearance. Ah, yeah, it does, but to people who don't have a clue, maybe. <laughs> I'll tell you what having a fucking top security clearance actually means. I'll give you a hint. It's not that cool. It's a huge pain in the ass because they dig around your life for 10 years or more to make sure that you weren't attending communist birthday parties in the fourth grade. And how the fuck was I supposed to know that Vladimir's family were Soviet spies? I was nine, for Christ's sake. Likely story. Anyway, over the next few years, Q evolved into something that unified a certain section of dog dick lovers into an ever-growing morass of conspiracy theories and became like a mega mythology for all the conspiracy theories. If you believed that vaccines were bad, Q had a place for you. Pretty sure that 5G is a mind control ray? Q got you covered. Aliens and secret desert bases? Yeah, Q's got a spot for you. But at the core of it all was none other than you-know-who... 
Yep, somehow this con game went from the Secretary of State and the Attorney General blocking Dog Dick's agenda to an eternal cabal of satanic pedophiles, including all the members of the government, the mass media, and Hollywood going around stealing children from the street and taking them to pizza shops all over the country before raping and killing them. Um, sounds very difficult. I would think it would be. Just the sheer number of windowless white panel vans alone is absurdly high, and I think someone might have noticed the spike in black robe sales. By 2018, Q had expanded into a fixture of dog dicks rallies, morons wearing Q shirts and holding crudely lettered signs with where we go one, we go all scrawled onto them. They dotted the crowds all over the place. Q thoroughly enjoyed it, dropping ever more cryptic hints and predictions of mass arrest, shocking revelations and looming disasters, while happily selling merch or running ads for fake miracle cures for everything from hemorrhoids to COVID-19. And Dog Dick slyly winked and nodded to his Q leavers, retweeting their trash and generally making thousands of tiny peckers stand up in a way their wives never could. Not that Q was a male-only phenomenon. A surprising number of women got on the Q train and spread it into all their book clubs and knitting circles and moms-only Facebook groups all over the world. It stopped being a conspiracy theory and became a religion for dog dick lovers around the world. That's pretty fucking impressive, right? In the waning days of Dog Dick's administration, Q became the last gasp of hope for many a deluded soul whose cognitive dissonance would not let them even consider the reality of the election. It was also a main line of bullshit for many a patriot storming the Capitol. Jacob Chansley, the Q shaman, is a big figure of the Q movement and is either a true believer or a brilliant fucking con man. It was at this moment when Facebook and Twitter shut the barn doors long after the horses had escaped, the barn had burned down, the bank repossessed the farm, and sold it to a horse rendering plant and banned a shit ton of Q accounts. But of course, the damage is long since done, and Q had found itself in new places to spew nonsense right up until Wednesday, January 20th, 2021, when the long-awaited storm was finally going to break, and all of us satanic pedophiles would get arrested, the deep state would be executed by the military, and Dog Dick would ascend to be a kind of god emperor over America. Yeah, none of that happened. And this has left the Q crowd, well, it's left them a little befuddled. Take, for example, one Ron Watkins. Now, old Ron and his dad ran the website 8chan and its successor, 8coon, after being chased off the respectable internet. And 8coon is the home of Q and his breadcrumbs. Ron is assumed by many to be at least one of the Q, though he, he and daddy vigorously deny this. It's almost certainly true. Anyway, moments after old Joe Biden was sworn in, Ron posted under his username CodeMonkeyZ on the Telegram service for Q Exiles the following message that I'm quoting from Vice.com. Quote, we gave it our all. Now we need to keep our chins up and go back to our lives as best we are able. We have a new president sworn in, and it's our responsibility as citizens to respect the Constitution, whether or not we agree with specifics or details regarding officials who are sworn in. As we enter the next administration, please remember all the friends and happy memories we made together over the past few years. I'll have more to say in the next few days regarding a new project I'm currently fleshing out. God bless. Unquote. What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> 
Here's a guy that has played an integral role, if not outright created, the largest, most dangerous cult since Joseph Smith and Brigham Young. And when it all falls apart, he gives his followers a speech that sounds more like their bowling league just lost a division finals match. This just got some set of balls of our People have died because of QAnon. Many more are going to jail on serious felony charges, and it turns out the real Q was the friends they made along the way. <laughs> this dude is big, shiny brass ones. Needless to say, the mighty warriors of Q had rather a different view of the day. Some of these following comments were scraped from various Q message boards and Telegram channels and compiled over at gizmodo.com. Quote, Guys, gals, I'm losing my ever-loving mind right now. Is this really happening? Was this part of the plan? God help us. What pissed me off the most is these people like Flynn or Boris and Lynn Wood and Cindy Powell, Powell just being like, wait for it. Just wait for it. We got this. Just wait. Wait for fucking what? What the fuck was your retarded confidence about? This had nothing to do with Q. Our own grifters fucked us without the need for Q or anything. It's just total fucking bullshit, unquote. The rants go on from post after post. Some in despair, others cling to the delusion of cues, others still sifting through the ashes looking for some clue to the future. But they all understand one thing. Their storm wasn't even a light drizzle, and the satanic pedophile in the deep state, they fucking won. Suckers! What most people don't understand until it was way too late to do anything about it is that Q had crossed the threshold from idiotic internet conspiracy into a genuine cult religion. Like Jesus. It possessed a powerful, charismatic central figure, shadowy prophets offering cryptic interpretation of the leader's will, large ceremonial gatherings with huge emotional releases that bound the group into delusional and not particularly intelligent followers into a cohesive oneness. The Cult Education Institute provides some warning signs of an unsafe cult. Here's some of them. Quote, Absolute authoritarianism without meaningful accountability. No tolerance for questions or critical inquiry. No meaningful financial disclosure regarding budgets and expenses, such as independently audited financial statements. Unreasonable fear about the outside world, such as impending catastrophe, evil conspiracies, and persecutions. The group leader is always right. The group leader is the exclusive means of knowing the truth or receiving validation. No other process of discovery is really acceptable or credible, unquote. And I'm not implying that this was ever intended, and certainly not by the dog dick it just sort of happened the people in the cult created the cult to fight against their own fears and brain bugs if it were so if it weren't so fucking terrifying it would make an interesting academic study if you know anything at all about cults which if you've been listening to this show you will because they've come up from time to time Little things like reality mean very, very little to its adherents. I mean, there are still Scientologists out there, despite knowing that L. Ron Hubbard was just making shit up for fun and profit. L. Ron Hubbard did an amazing thing. He actually did. So having all of their prophecies, predictions, and panics just fall apart in front of their eyes isn't going to make them just all of a sudden slap themselves on the forehead and admit they could have had a V8. How are you going to feel when, when Biden is inaugurated at noon today? You're going to ask me that. I don't believe, I, it, this sounds so crazy, and I recognize how crazy this sounds, but I don't believe Joe Biden is going to be sworn in as president today. We met Trump supporter William Wheating here in Washington early on the morning of the inauguration. He says he's not a QAnon believer, but he does espouse some of its theories. Dude, full on Q. I mean, the martial law thing is the sort of basis conspiracy theory, no? Well, you want to, everybody wants to tag 
facts is conspiracy theory. Total Q. So it's just a way of discounting facts. But if he doesn't declare martial law, would that prove to you that it's by this time tomorrow that it was a conspiracy theory? No, it would if not. he doesn't declare martial law, then I will feel like my vote no longer counts in the United States, and that's not a good thing. I, uh, Joe Biden was just sworn in about 15 minutes ago. So, I met you right here. Right here in the dark last night. Last night, it was about 3 a.m. You were out here streaming live on YouTube. Do you feel like you've been duped, that you've been tricked, that you've been fooled in some way here? Actually, no. The way I felt was I, when I saw, you know, I was waiting up until a minute that he said, I, Joe Biden, like when he's right, I'm watching him walk up, I'm thinking to myself, my life's about to completely change because I've been saying I'm either a conspiracy theorist or I'm a prophet, you know, kind of like, it's kind of Christian. He was neither. A prophet. But um, I was just kind of in shock and I thought and I had to reevaluate everything the way my life was going to be now because it's so it's so different than, I, than my expectations and i literally was just kind of walking around like what now in 1831 pastor william miller woke up in the middle of the night needing to take a wicked piss and stumbled out to the outhouse and as he was standing there shooting a thick stream of piss into a dark hole he was struck by an epiphany breaking news the second coming of jesus is here or rather, he had just figured out exactly when the J-Man was going to be back in town. Now, I may have made up the part about taking a piss, and Miller definitely made up the part about the second coming, but that didn't stop him and several hundred thousands of his future followers from believing that Miller knew the exact date of said return, October 22nd, 1844. The Millerites, as they came to be known, set about warning the world that Jesus was a coming and they needed to be ready. Some of them rid themselves of their earthly possessions and then waited on that faithful day. And as you may or may not know, JC did not pop up. Well, reactions to this uh, were mixed. One Millerite said, as quoted from Wikipedia, quote, I waited all a Tuesday and dear Jesus did not come. I waited all the forenoon on Wednesday and as well in body as I had ever was, but after 12 o'clock, I began to feel faint, and before dark, I needed someone to come help me to my chamber as my natural strength was leaving me very fast, and I lay prostrate for two days without any pain, sick with disappointment, unquote. It was known as the Great Disappointment. There were episodes of violence, Millerite churches were burned, and a few Millerite leaders were tarred in feathers, and no one, particularly Pastor Miller, could figure out what the hell had just happened. Did he get the math wrong? And trust me, there was a lot of math. Did Jesus get held up in traffic? Or had Jesus decided to say, fuck it and stay home? When all was said and done, most of the Millerites went back to their lives, found other faiths and sects to believe in. But some of them, the most hardcore believers, stayed and managed to rationalize in their head what had happened through various incorrect theories their descendants spiritually at least exist today in the seventh day adventist church the seventh day adventist church tends to spin off little cults with some depressing regularity and even more depressing circumstances like this cat named rock Thoreau up in canada who would take adventist teachings and use them to create his own fuck cult that resulted in murder dismemberment and other really sick shit and who could forget vernon wayne howell Oh, you know Vernon. He led an Adventist folk cult under the much better known name of David Koresh. And we all know how that turned out. Badly. 
All because those people couldn't put aside their beliefs, even when faced with incontrovertible evidence that they were wrong. And that, my friends, my pod friends, is called cognitive dissonance. What you might not know is how we have the term cognitive dissonance, because we get it from yet another cult. In 1953, a professor by the name of Charles Laughhead had a little cult, and that little cult was taken over by a woman named Dorothy Martin, who went by the name Sister Thedra, and they call themselves the Brotherhood of the Seven Rays, or the Seekers. While they sound like a proto-prog rock band, what they were, in fact, was a UFO cult. Actually, they were the first known UFO cult. The Seekers believed that a UFO would arrive and take them up into the heavens on December 21st, 1954, and the rest of the world would be destroyed. The group was infiltrated by a social psychologist by the name of Leon Festiger, who pretended to be part of the cult while observing the cult, and Leon was pretty sure there wasn't going to be a no UFO. Festinger would later write a book titled When Prophecy Fails, and that focused on, as quoted in Wikipedia, quote, the cult members' reactions and coping mechanisms when the UFO did not come to get them on December 21st, 1954. When the UFO didn't come, a majority of the members became convinced that the UFO would come on Christmas Eve. It was the second time around that the members experienced the greatest amount of dissonance. In the book, Festiger and his colleagues write, the experience of this observer well characterized the state of affairs following the Christmas caroling episode. A persistent, frustrating search for orders. After this incident, many of the members returned home and abandoned their initial belief. Those who did not claimed that their group's belief and faith had saved the rest of the world from disaster and that the aliens had warned them of, unquote. In the introduction to the book When Prophecy Fails is a summation of what Festinger and his other colleagues learned from watching the Seekers and as they tried to manage the conflicting thoughts in their heads when the UFO never bothered to show up. Quote, a man with a conviction is a hard man to change. And when that conviction is important as the promise of salvation coming from the sky, it may even be less painful to tolerate the dissonance than to discard the belief and admit that one had been wrong, unquote. Sister Thedra indeed did not give up, and she went on to found two other cults, the Order of Sananda and the Senat Kimura, which persisted up into the 1980s, and the remaining members still continue today, though no new channel has arisen to take Sister Thedra's place. Faith is a hell of a fucking drug, pod friends. More potent than Oxycontin and way more dangerous because it's street legal and doled out in masses every fucking day in churches around the world. It shouldn't surprise anyone to know that so many Q adherents are also fundamentalist Christians because the Venn overlap of Q theory and fundamentalism is a big old fucking circle. Over the next few weeks, we could expect to see many of the Q leavers slowly drift away from the movement as cognitive dissonance makes it difficult for them to stay in it. Some will quietly pretend they never believed in Q in the first place. Some will hang on. I read several posts that now posit that Joe Biden is in fact in on the storm and will take up where dog dick left off, which man, <laughs> that's just some convoluted logic right there. Others will harden their beliefs, insisting in creating more intricate mythologies to keep their brains from accepting the truth, but most will drift off to new conspiracy theories or drift back to the theories what brung them. Reptilian aliens, a satanic panic, Alex Jones, whatever pet idiocy led them to this particular idiocy. But some, some will find a new and more dangerous way to express their fear and resentment. NBC News reports that some of them are being scooped up by the really dangerous elements on the right, the fascist fucking white supremacists. Quote, 
Logically AI researcher Nick Bakovic said that while it does appear that many QAnon followers are being are given up after this latest failed prophecy, he has seen white supremacist recruiters raid QAnon groups with the explicit goal of recruiting disillusioned and hopeless conspiracy theorists. There are a lot of people feeling shocked, cheated, and angry. And as scary as that is on its own, it's the rest I'm worried about, Bakovic said. We're seeing a lot of neo-Nazis preying on the potentially disenchanted Q people. In the days after the Capitol riot, white supremacist groups expressly targeted parlor refugees or dog dick fans who believed they could be radicalized after the conservative social media platform Parler was at least temporarily shut down and QAnon was banned from Twitter and Facebook. Focus less on trying to red pill or recruit them on WW2 and uh, and more on how to make them angrier about the election and the new democratic regime, read a white supremacist recruitment message on Telegram. Heighten their burning hatred of injustice, unquote. And while their mainstream social media feeds are finally shut down, let us never forget that Q wouldn't exist at all if not for Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. They were allowed to flourish in the open while the platforms monetized their insanity. Researchers call QAnon the first internet cult, but it will not be the last. As long as there's money to be made by allowing people to peddle lies and disinformation for their own modest profit and the platform's massive profit, they will be there. Until they turn their vaunted algorithms to detecting hate and conspiracy, the next Q or the next version of the old Q is out there right now, percolating up through a Facebook group your parents are spending way too much time on. It is picking up the weaker-minded members and slowly indoctrinating them to whatever scheme is going to catch fire in the post-dog-dick era of America. You need to keep an eye out for it because we all know the platform sure as fuck ain't. Finally, if you know someone who went Q and they start to come back around, don't automatically turn your back on them. People do get out of cults. It happens all the time. It happens way more than people wrapping themselves up in purple shrouds and down in barbiturate laced applesauce. If your parents or your crazy uncle show signs of shaking off cue, don't run up and throw their cue beliefs back in their face. They just really wanted the white supremacist version of the Millennium Falcon under the Christmas tree and finally discovered that Santa Claus doesn't deliver to poor kids or deluded fascist curious boomers. You can... However, still make fun of them behind their backs. (laughs) That is it for our show this week. Had a little house cleaning to do in my topic chart before we started to ramp up towards episode 300. God damn, 300 episodes. Man, I can't believe I've done them and I can't believe any of you have listened to them. Anyway, I got a fun two-parter on deck for next week. We have some cool things on tap for the aforementioned insane big round number. And I can safely say that none of those episodes mention dog dick unless, of course, we are speaking of the literal penis of a dog. Speaking of unnecessarily specific, rate and review the show wherever you get your pods. It helps others find the show and hear an unnecessarily specific insult about national figures and wonder why we felt the need to be so specific. Follow the show on Twitter at the Hell underscore podcast with a show name on Facebook for more animal genitalia references. Hit us up on Patreon for ad-free and early mentions of koala cocks and some cool swag if you've got a few dollars more. All of our whale dong mentions are at whatthehellpodcast.com. We are a proud member of Seltzer King Podcast who specifically barred me from making a panther prick joke about the network. 
So for me, Dave never did get a Millennium Falcon Bledsoe producer. All I wanted was a life-size Jar Jar Binks, Gavin, and all the fictional action figure collectors on this show. We want to say, well, we guess you were wrong. You just don't belong. But then, you've been there before. Everything's all right. So just say goodnight, Q, and show yourself to the door. We'll see you all next week. What the Hell Were You Thinking stars Dave Bledsoe and features Gavin St. James and several fictional minions. The show is produced by Kimberly Steele and a part of the Seltzer Kings Podcast Network. You can find more information on the show on their website, whatthehellpodcast.com, or on Twitter at thehell underscore podcast, or on Facebook as What The Hell Podcast. Thanks for listening. I have no ending for this, so I take a small bow. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.